Hey gorgeous, welcome to the Healing Elevates Relationships podcast. I'm your host, Bernadette Jackson, CEO and lead strategist at Her Consulting Group and the creator of Her Way Relationship Intensive Course. This podcast was created as a response to my desire to redefine how the world views women with daddy issues. I release a new episode every week, so expect to hear me and my guests discussing topics, sharing stories, and gaining insights from the perspective of a fatherless daughter and the people who love and support us. If this is your first time here, here's what I want you to know. You deserve amazing relationships, and nothing you've done or experienced disqualifies you from that. But here's the thing. Amazing relationships with others happen after you cultivate an amazing relationship with yourself. And how do you do that? Self-discovery, healing, and accessing your authenticity. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. So lately, I've been thinking about all of the ways that fatherless daughters are affected by the absence of their father in either their lives or in their homes. One of the ways that has shown up a lot in my life and in the lives of my clients and virtually every fatherless daughter that I speak to is not having great experiences with relational partners. This is either because they choose partners who are emotionally unavailable or because they do not know how to handle healthy relationship partners because they have not seen it modeled. Either way, there is not one fatherless daughter that I have spoken to that does not have several failed relationships under her belt for one of these two reasons that I shared. So this got me to thinking about some of the stories that I have shared with my girlfriends about what happened in previous relationships to make them break down and eventually fail. We had a good laugh trading stories about something else, um, about how things happened. And we realized that although our exes left a lot to be desired, we ultimately made the choice to stay, to ignore, to make a lack of effort be a challenge for us to do more. And so many things that resulted in self-betrayal after self-betrayal. We concluded that the relationships we had pre-healing just did not have enough of what it needed to be healthy and to thrive. Our pre-healed relationships were malnourished. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, how can a relationship be malnourished? We're not talking about a person's body or food, but a relationship is an environment, right? One that if not fed correctly, breaks down and does not operate optimally, much like a body. Plus, if you've been here for any length of time, then you know that my life as a former chef spills over into my work as a strategist. And I actually love to marry food culture with relationship topics because I just think that it's relatable. So first things first. You know that I love to start with a definition. So malnourishment means the lack of proper nutrition caused by not having enough to eat, not eating enough of the right things, or being unable to use the food that one does eat. When we relate this to relationships, 
My definition of relationship malnourishment is the lack of proper resources caused by not having enough relationship skills, not using the right tools, or being unable to use the tools that one does have available to them. Because we have defined relationship malnutrition as a lack of the appropriate resources that usually happens for three possible reasons, let's get clear on what each one looks and feels like. Number one, the number one reason that I see my relationship malnourishment happening a lot is not having enough relationship skills. Relationship skills or soft skills can be learned, but are usually modeled by the adults that have had the most influence on our upbringing. So that can be our mom, our aunts, our uncles, our grandparents or teachers or whoever. If relationship skills are not modeled for us, or if what was modeled was insufficient, we will likely grow up not knowing how to resolve conflict peacefully, being afraid to speak up for ourselves, leaving relationships over minor infractions, and expecting the fairy tales that we grew up watching to happen in our real lives. None of that is helpful or contributes to the healthy relationships that we all desire. Relationship malnourishment is also caused by not having the right tools. And we also don't use the tools if we do have them. So by the right tools, I mean communication, mutual effort, respect, understanding, grace, support, love, and capacity. If instead of those tools, we are using manipulation, fear, stonewalling, gaslighting, shaming, blaming, and catastrophe thinking, in other words, blowing things way out of proportion, we are starving the relationship of what it needs to grow and thrive. No one, and I repeat, no one wants to be in a relationship with a person from whom they feel that they have to protect themselves from psychological warfare. It's exhausting and defeating. I'm sure that you can remember at least one relationship, romantic or otherwise, where you felt physically and mentally drained after encounters with that person. It's just not fun. The final way that relationship malnourishment shows up in, is in one's inability to use the tools available to them. This I find to be the most tragic way that relationships fail. It's when you know what needs to happen, but you let your pride or inflated sense of self get in the way of doing the necessary work to help the relationship grow. It's the, I know I'm wrong, but I'm not going to apologize. It's the, I'm not saying anything to them until they say something to me first. It's the, I'm just going to ignore what happened and eventually it will go away or they will get over it. It's the, I shouldn't have said what I said, but 
I did and now we're here. It's the I shouldn't have to say what I need, they should already know. It's the if they don't give me what I want, I know who will. It's the I have other options, so if they do anything I don't like, I will exercise those other options immediately. And I could literally keep going on for days. I have seen a million different ways that people who have the necessary tools refuse to use them for the good of the relationship. These people end up losing relationships with people that they could have had a thriving connection with if they had made the decision to do the work required instead of placating their ego or giving in to their pride. It's sad how many relationships go to die in the graveyard of someone's inflated sense of self or worse in the barren field call they are not going anywhere so I don't have to do better. Those two places are not a great place for your relationships to end up, especially when you realize that this is the pattern that you're seeing in your relationships. Let these examples serve as a cautionary tale. If you lack relationship skills now because you didn't see healthy relationships growing up, don't use that as a crutch any longer. Soft skills can be learned and mastered. And with that, I want to stop so that we can get a word from our sponsor. Too often as survivors of trauma, you morph into who you need to be to survive. The problem with this defense mechanism is that even when the time has passed and the pain of the trauma has subsided, you are still wearing your mask. Your most authentic self is tucked away far beneath the surface, and although you yearn for deep connection, very few people know the real you. With everything you've experienced, it can be hard to take off that mask and be free. And let's be honest, sometimes it's easier and safer to have it on. That's why I wrote Access Authenticity. This 75-day journal and strategic guide will guide you through over 170 deep reflective questions so that your most authentic self can stop being your secret identity and start being your truest identity. You deserve amazing relationships, but you won't experience them if nobody ever gets to see the real you. Head on over to Amazon today and get your copy of Access Authenticity Journal Plus Strategy. Now let's get back into this week's goodness. You no longer need to sacrifice the potential of great relationships for the lack of skills that you were not taught in your youth. If you are using the wrong tools or if your ego has such a chokehold on you that the appropriate skills that you do have, you never want to use in service of the relationship, I challenge you to explore what's causing this behavior. There is always a root cause to the behaviors that we repeat. Understanding the thoughts and the fears and the feelings associated with the blatant sabotaging of your relationships will give you some insight into what areas of your life you need to spend some time healing. 
This episode, I don't have an Ask Bernadette question. However, I am reminded of a story, and it's because I was able to overhear a conversation that two women were having. I wasn't eavesdropping. I just happened to be sitting down in the proximity of these two ladies speaking, and the conversation was really interesting. So one woman was um, talking to her girlfriend about her boyfriend and what he had done and what she planned to do in response. And I could tell how frustrated she was by how loudly she was talking to her friend about what happened. She said that her boyfriend had decided to go out with his boys that night and that she was really pissed off about it. He had explained that he had made plans with his boys to celebrate a recent engagement of one of their friends to his longtime girlfriend. And she told her friend that she was upset because, um, number one, she and her man had been dating for a lot longer than her friends, than her boyfriend's friend and his girlfriend. And the second reason she was really upset was because she wanted to spend the night in and she thought that her boyfriend should have taken the hint and canceled his plans. Now, her friend is listening to the story. She didn't interrupt her at all. And afterward, I can tell that she was very sensible because she had started to ask her friend some of the same questions that I had in my mind as I was listening to what she was saying. She asked, did you tell Johnny that you wanted to spend some time with him? Then she said, did you have these, did he have these plans for a while? And she asked, when was the last time you and Johnny had some quality time together? And so her friend, in answer to the question, said that she and Johnny had been together all weekend, but she wasn't ready for their time to be over yet. And then she went on to say that she knew that he had these plans for a week because this was not something that was sprung on her, but she was hoping that something would come up and that the plans would be canceled. And so her friend said to her very gently, well, sis, if you knew about it and if you spent all weekend with him, then him spending a few hours with his boys isn't going to hurt anything. But she was not trying to hear that. And this is where I think the real reason that she was upset came out. She felt that she and her boyfriend should have been married years ago. And here she was watching all of his friends take their relationships to the next level and her boyfriend wouldn't even commit to living together. She felt like she was stuck in a relationship that was going nowhere. Her friend then asked if she had ever expressed her desire to be married to her boyfriend and she said no. She said that I shouldn't have to tell him he should just know. She said, how will he know how you feel if you haven't shared it with him? And this is where I was starting to truly agree with the friend. Your boyfriend can't read your mind. How is he possibly going to know? 
But she said this in answer, and this is something that that really started to make me understand that a lot of people believe that just because they have a thought or a train of thought or a plan of action that other people must somehow magically know it because of their connection to them. So she said, we've been together for eight years. It's common sense that I would want to be married. And her friend said, there are a lot of people in long-term committed relationships who do not feel marriage is necessary. If you and him have never spoken about it, you won't know how he even feels about marriage. She said, you know what? I can do you one better. I'm going to stop speaking to him for a while. The last time I gave him the silent treatment, he couldn't take it and he just gave me what I wanted. We'll see how he handles me not talking to him and me not giving him any any of this good good for a while. And her friend (laughs) said, are you sure that this is the way that you want to handle things? Because I don't think that this is how you're going to get what you actually want. And he will never know how you feel if you decide to use a silent treatment instead of speaking to him. And the friend said, yep. I'll get exactly what I want. Just give me about two weeks. I don't know what happened next because after that, they had started talking about someone else. And then my friend came and we had lunch and then I was no longer engaged in that conversation. But what I do know is that her deciding to um, manipulate the situation by giving her boyfriend the silent treatment, and I'm sure he's not going to know why she's giving the silent treatment, is absolutely the wrong approach to this situation. I know that this relationship is severely malnourished just based on the level of manipulation that she's using to get what she wants. And yes, in the short term, that may work, but it's never going to be a long term win. And so I'm just hoping that this weakened foundation that she's creating in her relationship is not going to be the camel that breaks the it's not going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back because using tactics like this only starve the relationship of what it needs in order to thrive. I hope that these examples have encouraged you to examine what's happening in your own relationships. If anything that I've mentioned in this episode sounds familiar and you want to talk about it further, you can always slide into my DMs. Uh, You can always change course. You could always um, figure out between you and your partner what works best for you. There's always a solution. And if you need any clarity on anything, absolutely feel free to drop me a message. You can do so in the Ask Bernadette tab in the link in my bio on IG at Bernadette N. Jackson, or you can slide into my DMs as you usually do with your questions. I will definitely talk to you next week in our next episode. But before I go, I want you to remember that you deserve amazing relationships. But the day that you plant the seed is not the day that you're going to eat the fruit. So keep doing the work. Bye.